carbonly conversation. Quick question. Is this the podcast? Are we doing the podcast right now? Howdy ho. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Carbonly Conversations. Uh, Shane and Chad here to bring you a new topic today. Yeah, oh. we're trying to think about where we should move and did some digging. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 20, 2024 is, a, is a, it's the beginning of the year, so it's a year of change for a lot of people. So maybe this will mm-hmm. give give someone out there listening some ideas but um before we before we dig into that as always we want to remind all of our listeners and supporters out there that carbonly conversations is a podcast where friends examine the intersection of community lifestyle and consumption in our lives um, and we created this in hope to share our stories and curiosity to motivate actions to help us lower our carbon footprints um, and also create a platform for everyone out there listening and community members to share your carbonly journeys as well. Um, we want to. We also want to remind you that we've made it very easy for you to listen to us. Um, literally, all you need to do is scroll down to the show notes, click on "Find and Join the Conversation," and that'll give you access to stay up to date on all of our new episodes, um, which drop every Wednesday. And that'll give you access any any podcast platform you use. It should be on there. Um, and that's what we try to to do. So make it if you easy. Can't find us. Reach out. <laughs> yep. Or reach out to us on Instagram. And also, we we try to post some some videos and highlight clips on TikTok. And then also, you can check out if if you're tired of just listening to us and want to watch us. During the conversations, go to YouTube, type in Carbaline Conversations, and you can find the full video episode on there as well. Um, but yeah, see some of our dimples. See our dimples, our pretty faces. Um, our moms yeah. love it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was just, you know, before we started, you know, I was telling Chad about an article that I found. Um, I guess I can use this to give them a shout out. There's a local website called Columbus Underground um, that I live in Columbus, Ohio, if you don't know already. They highlight just things going on in the city, um, and they happen to have an article about Columbus being on the list of one of the best cities for climate change to live in in the future. And um, they highlighted a an article from Policy Genius. So Policy Genius, if you don't know, is a website. Chad kind of explained it to me. He's he's used it before. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a website that basically you can look up any type of insurance policies, whether it be car, home, auto, life. You can kind of type in your information and it'll basically spit out a whole list of what are the best options for you on there. That's a good way to describe it. They help there you aggregate go. your choices. Yeah. Um, so don't listen to flow on progressive. Just go to yeah. policy genius. Flow could be then, lying to you. If, yeah. if flow is telling the truth, <laughs> policy genius will have it there. 
But um, <laughs> true that. Anyway, they they had an article. Um, they had an they put out an article about the best and worst cities for climate change. So basically, like with climate change being a huge impact on the whole world. Um, what they did was kind of put together some research and different statistics on what cities, I think they used about a 30 year range in the next 30 years would be okay. the, the best cities to, to live in, to try and um, combat climate change and kind of get away from some of the effects. So we're not going to, of course, cover the whole list, but we want to cover the top 10 cities. Um, Because as we know, climate change, climate is changing. It's happening faster. More dangerous consequences are happening um, and specifically in in certain cities. Um, There's record breaking heat, sea levels rising, a surge in devastating storms and wildfires. Um, So there's 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 no denying that it's here. Um, If you're listening to our podcast, I'm assuming that, you know, you are. um. You know, a you're not a climate knows, denier. You're not a climate you, denier, and you're doing what you can to to try and combat climate change. So, um, and then also, when it comes to purchasing a home, thirty year mortgages are the normal, um, normal when buying a home. So, really, right now is is a very important time to decide where you want to settle down, um, because that. If you're like I said, if you're not a climate change denier, um, some of these statistics could actually affect your decision on where you're planning to live, you know, 30 years from now. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good scale of time to, like, do this review and research. Um, I applaud those efforts. Yeah. Kind of pivots into, like, how did they come up with this list? Right. So, like Shane was explaining, like, however it's happening depending on your outlook, like climate change is real. It, it's there. Um, people buy homes all the time. And right now the interest rate environment's a little bit higher. So there's less supply, you know, it's more expensive, but people are still in the business of buying and selling homes. So if you're going to look at where to settle, you might want to consider the climate. A lot yep. of people do, right? Amongst other things, but climate is inching up in that criteria bucket to be a more and more of a priority for many, many as we'll get into this. Yeah. Um, but so policy genius used um, different data sets around suggesting which cities might fare best or worst in the coming 30 years. And they used one, two, three, six top like data topics. Um, the first being heat and humidity. Um, not everyone likes all the heat. Not everyone likes all the humidity. So like, where is it going to be? More, we'll use the word congenial. Um, I think they didn't use that word, but that's kind of the sum, summarization. Um, flooding and or sea rise levels. So whether you live by the ocean or a river or a flowing mm-hmm. water, body water or a giant lake, flooding is a big deal. It, hap- it happens quite frequently. Like sea, revel- sea level rise is a big deal. Um, I think right now the current... What do I want to say it as? So along the southern coast of California, they're getting smashed with super giant waves that are yeah. untypical. You know, they usually get like stormy weather in the winter in yeah. Southern California, but with El Nino and other things with the, the ocean, like 
it's go on YouTube, go on some of the news. Uh, like it's, it's pretty vicious. You don't want to be where those waves are crashing. No, um, I actually watched a truck get washed like 50 feet and it was parked like a hundred yards from the beach, from the, the ocean. So mother nature is very crazy. powerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mother nature is don't mess with mother nature. Yeah. Um, so going along with that is natural disasters. I mean, Shane, I don't know if you saw this in the news, but on Tuesday this week, Queens, New York, specifically Roosevelt Island, I think was that, or Astoria, Roosevelt Island, mm-hmm. as well as some of you have been to New York, experienced a 1.7 um, on the Richter scale earthquake. I did not Tuesday. see that. Wow. Um, apparently, earthquakes are happening. Mostly everywhere all the time, but they're just little tiny ones. You don't really feel them. Mm-hmm. This one was just strong enough that where it shook some buildings on Roosevelt Island and Astoria, freaked some people out, some emergency responders. No one was hurt, thank God. Wow. Um, so that's a good example of a natural disaster. Um, yep. we're, we're, we're less likely, more likely are they to happen. Um, air quality. I mean, I, should I say more? How many people remember all the images of summer with Canada on fire and yep. the orange skies across many places it may not do like that kind of canada burning may not be good for some of these cities on this list because it directly impact them but overall like air quality is also impacted by the amount of trees you have and systems you have to keep the air clean um which is nature um social vulnerability and community resilience they're not really the same thing they're a little bit more complicated to unpack but it's like how nice of a place is it to live there with your neighbors um, how well is the community funded, supported um, through governance, um, social programs, and just taxpayers doing their yeah. taxpayer duties um, and supporting everyone else. So quality of life kind of like topics there. So those are the six that Policy Genius used. They pulled data sets from multiple research institutions to compare cities across that and give them a score. Mm-hmm. So I wish I had a drum so I could do the drum roll. But Shane, would you like to yeah. share what that top 10 list is? Yeah. Or it would be nice if we had the old David Letterman, you know, how he did the top 10 list every Oh, yeah, every yeah. Episode. I totally forgot. Yeah. So I, I, wish I, pen, World too. I wish I had a pencil. Yeah. And he, he would throw the pencil at the screen. I wish I had a pencil yeah. right now to throw oh, at yeah, my yeah, computer. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll start from number Call 10 back. and then and then go up to, to number one. But um. So number 10, they listed Denver, Colorado. Um, Number nine, Richmond, Virginia. Eight is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So not too far from where I'm at. Number seven, we have Portland, Oregon. Number six, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So all the cheeseheads there. Five, Baltimore, Maryland. And number four, we have a, a city that you're very familiar with, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota. Which is kind of kind of Chad's hometown. Like, you know, he's from the... Near enough. Near enough. The biggest city, know. near enough, my hometown, yep. Yep. So, and well, being that we have connection to, to number four, we'll kind of give some of the background of why that was selected. So, um, it says, coming in at number four, the biggest threat Minneapolis residents face is heat. So by 2050, residents can expect around 15 extremely hot days per year. That's nearly 13 more than today. So I mean that's a it's a big that's a pretty big increase. Um, what does that say about all the other cities that exact, are ex- exactly? Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. So 
And those rising temps will see with it a, a, a rising dew point. So days with high heat and humidity are also expected to increase to almost 19 days per year, um, which are 14 more than today. And it says while 7.2% of the properties will be in a 100-year flood zones come 2050, that's just 0.1% more than today. So that's not a, not a big increase at all. Um, and then it says, so how is this city preparing for this sweltering heat wave? Pretty well, if its community resiliency score has anything to say about it. So it says since 2013, the city has been working to reduce energy use, recycle half of all of its city waste, and build 30 miles of bicycle lanes to promote green transportation in an effort to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 30% by 2025, which is next year. Go Minnesota so that, progressive and very, pragmatism. That's very, what I'm hearing. We're going to make very. this place a better place to live. Or as <laughs> I grew up, we're going to leave it better than the way we found it. There you go. That's there Minnesota you go. for you. That sounds like a, a Minnesota thing right there. So shout out to, to Minnesota. Um, number three, we have my city where I live and what I consider my hometown. And I guess the reason why I even came across this article um, is Columbus, Ohio. So it says Columbus is three on our list for best cities through some of its projected numbers will make you realize that San Francisco and Seattle are largely anomalies in how relatively unaffected they'll be by ch climate change. Um, it says the biggest risk facing Columbus residents is heat. Ohioans can expect steamier summers come 2050 with an average of 20 days of extreme heat predicted, which is 18 more days than we are experiencing now. So that that's a little scary, but, um, and unfortunately that's not a dry heat. The number of days with high heat and humidity is similarly expected to increase to nearly 17 annually by 2050, which is almost 15 more days than today. So we're already a pretty humid, humid, humid uh, city and state. So we just got to buckle down and get ready, get, get ready for some more. But um, on the brighter side, the risk of hurricanes, tornadoes, wildfires remains low as time goes on. Flooding also shouldn't be a big issue in the future. Um, the percentage of properties in 100-year flood zones is only expected to rise 0.5% versus today um, to 4.4% in 2050. And it says, though it ranks in the middle of the pack for community resiliency, Ohio's capital is well-positioned to adapt to its changing climate, thanks largely, largely to part of Mayor Ginther's bold climate action plan for the city to reach carbon neutrality by 2050. So... Shout out to Columbus. Shout out to Mayor Ginther. Um, I definitely personally see all of the different changes that we're going through and all the different um, projects and things like that. We have a lot of bike lanes being built as well. So mm -hmm. um, it's it's no surprise for me. And I feel very proud that Columbus made this list. So, yeah, it's definitely an up and up city. You and I have talked a lot about that. And yeah. A lot of investment in resiliency, community outreach, and just like making it a better place to live downtown and around versus yep. the suburbs. And that, I mean, we've talked about in this past, but like the giant chips act, like with, uh, is it Intuit? Not Intuit. Um, um, Intel. Intel. Um, 
And then other like major investments that are happening in and around Columbus for technology is like a tech yeah. hub. It's, it's a growing place. Yeah. So I can see all that. I will have to like protest because Columbus got four paragraphs. Minneapolis just got three paragraphs. <laughs> um, but there is a river going through Columbus, but they talk about flood zones being made, yeah. you know, low, like Minneapolis is the city of lakes. So there could be some flooding there, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it does get a little bit colder up there, but anyways, these are, yeah. these are fun cities and are fun, a fun list to like debate because I think what gets me going and a little bit more of the research that we can share is that for most prospective buyers, when they're shopping for home, they're looking at the climate risk impact and, and I know for myself, who's been an avid like property looker, searcher, buyer, um, helper, um, and I use Redfin pretty regularly, and mm -hmm. I continuously look at Redfin. Um, when I started, they didn't do this, and now they do. But each listing has a climate risk evaluation and impact. They give each listing a score on yeah. like on a lot of these same categories, like flood, walkability, sounds, yeah. like. That, like all that fun stuff and it scores it. So you can compare that when you're shopping mm -hmm. and which I find really interesting. And I think in that vein is like, so a clear majority of people in each region of the United States consider at least one climate risk when shopping for a home. My guess is that's a flood zone or a fire zone, depending on where you're at or sea route, sea level rise. Mm -hmm. And a majority of today's buyers are millennial and Gen Z shoppers. I think somewhere it says they make up, as first-time buyers, almost 50% of all buyers are first-time um, buyer, Gen Z, millennial. Yep. And they're more apt and regularly considering climate risk when deciding where to live and to buy homes. And you can see that in a lot of the trends, sustainable living. I would argue, like, in that same lane of, like, why we even have this podcast and why we ended up in this carbon like conversation topics is, like, we're thinking about this stuff all the time. Like, I have yeah. kids. And yeah, exactly. they make decisions based off how, how well they think the world may exist 20 mm -hmm. years, 30 years from now. And they're not very positive about it, you know, and we're trying to alter support and change that and all of our be carbonly behaviors. But this is a big deal, especially when you're investing all that money into a place you're going to live. Yeah. Um, and it definitely big. like it. And I guess to wrap to, Round out the list. We got excited because our two cities were on there. But oh, number, yeah, yeah. Number two was Seattle, Washington. <laughs> number one, San Francisco, California. Um, Which I'm still up in, like, are you sure a, that should be on the yeah. list? <laughs> but Maybe they, that's not they got a little, yeah, they got a little uh, money under the table on that one. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a beautiful city, it's a great yeah. place to visit. But an another thing know. that comes to mind, especially with, like policy genius coming out with this list is like, you know, also to take into consideration is like we were talking about before we started recording is like, who knows, like maybe even banks 20 years from now, maybe the interest rates in certain cities are going to be higher than totally. other cities. Good call. Because Shane. of the risk of maybe people leaving sooner than later, not finishing out the term of the, of the mortgage um, insurance rates will definitely be a difference. They already they, are. They already are. Um, yeah. Like I, I live in a historical floodplain. Um, anybody that does their research about like Franklinton and Columbus, that's like the first thing that's going to be mentioned is like the historic floods 
a hundred years ago. And there are some houses that are still zoned. I don't know the correct terminology, but the way they're zoned, it still shows that they're in a floodplain, even though a lot of work has been done to, mm-hmm. to help with that. Um, and their insurance rates are like way higher than some other. Or homes. not even available. Like, or not available. Try to buy homeowner insurance in some of those areas that hurricanes have destroyed in Florida. Like, right. Good luck. Yep. So, I mean, you're talking about even with interest rates going up, like then add on a whole nother expense of mm-hmm. having this expensive insurance. And, and in that same lane, just of like economic, like outlook, right? So a house for many Americans or a home purpose, it's like the largest purchase they're ever going to make. Yeah. Especially if they buy more than one, you yeah. know, over time, like do the equity gain, but move into something larger for your family or whatever the reasons you would change houses. If it's one of the largest purchases you're ever going to make, like that's a big deal. And in, in one of the, I'll say best, but a great way to gain wealth um, is to own real estate, like real property. Yep. And for many people, it's a home. That's the best. Yep. That's their option in and avenue in. And so if you're going to be take this seriously, you're going to want to buy to your point, like where maybe cheaper to do because you want to get the best value for mm-hmm. your price. So where's home insurance and all the other supportive insurance? Where, where's most likely might get the best insurance interest rate if that ever gets tied to climate change. And what's the likelihood your house is going to exist 30 exactly. years from now, right? Yep. Is it going to be in the floodplain? Is it going to be where like natural disasters consistently happen? Is it going to be so damn hot? There's no water available. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't even talk about the Colorado river and the dam and the access yep. to water out West. Right. I mean, Phoenix literally stopped building and stop developers from building because there's just no, unless you have water, you can't build like, yep. and there's creative and we could talk about all yeah, that stuff. There's so many like, ins and outs of it. Yeah. Yeah. But and, it's, it's a huge deal. And it's a, like, if you're 32 years old and you're looking to buy your first house, are you going to go do it where you, this may not be your house or something? I mean, yeah, that's, that's another risk you got to factor into your decision. Yep. I'm just getting all like for Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a fun topic and yeah, we we both I've learned a lot about real estate and things like that from you and Lauren and like it's something that if I were speaking to someone younger than me that is is looking to, you know, start that journey, like this is definitely something that I would mention to them or even more mm-hmm. specifically to people that want to begin their own real estate portfolio to where 30 years from now, they have this income coming in. This is definitely something that you want to take into consideration because you don't want to own a bunch of homes in a city where in 30 years, no one's going to really want to live because or people can. are going to start moving yeah. and then you're going to have to charge super low rents. Um, so, I mean, there's just so many things involved in this topic. Um, and like I said, yeah. We brought it up because, you know, two of our home home cities are listed, but it it's above that. It's just a way more important topic than, I guess, what we're presenting it as. And we recommend everyone to check out this article. The link will be in the bio and kind of read the information because it also lists the worst cities. So that yeah, will yeah, give yeah. you some insight on what to look yeah. for, too. So I, I won't. 
I won't. Re- I don't remember what the. No, I do remember. Houston, Texas is the worst yeah. city. And then, and then Florida. The following five is pretty much Florida. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. pick a big city in Florida. It's in that yeah. list. <laughs> if there aren't enough reasons to leave Florida now, this should yeah. be another reason. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, check it out. Hopefully, this gives, you know, some important information to someone out there. So definitely. Um, this was a good, good topic. topic. Yeah. Good find, Shane. Got us yep. all fired up. Yeah. So another shout out to Columbus and to let's just say the whole state of Minnesota, the whole state of Ohio, the whole state of Minnesota. It Um, it may not always like deliver what you wanted politically, but both states are like quality places to live and raise. They are. Yep. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We appreciate you taking the, the time out to listen. And, and if you just recently are thinking about buying a house and you want, to learn more, let us know. Like, yeah. we're happy to chat about it. Yeah, I mean, it is a sport for me. Like, I love learning about real estate. <laughs> yeah, Chad, Chad knows a lot. So, hit us up. Hit us and, up, indeed. Well, until next time. Till next time, Shade. Have a good night. <laughs>